Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. friends, welcome back to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. I've got my friend Brent, my uh, Colorado Avalanche-loving hockey fan, uh, back on the show here. If you missed last week's episode, definitely check that out as Brent shared his story of how God really pricked his heart in Israel. And I'm slightly jealous, although I love John. And I'm so glad I went to Israel with John. But to go with Ray Vanderlaan would be like, what? And, and in fact, like he's my, he's my absolute... Um, the guests I hope to have someday, like I've just oh. been praying that the Lord somehow opens the door that I can get him on the show. Cause that would be a dream guest for sure. But uh, if you didn't listen to last week, definitely um, tune back in as Brent shares his story of how God pricked in his heart to really take discipleship as a deeper experience with one another, instead of just a program. And he was able to do that within his Christian school that he was teaching at. And so I wanted to have a bit of a practical conversation today about you know, how if a youth leader wanted to start today to start implementing deeper discipleship relationships, similar to what you implemented in your Christian school, you know, where could they start? What would be some first steps for them to take? Wow. Um, well, thanks for having me back. I must have done something right if you <laughs> decided to have me back here for two weeks. Um, but no, seriously, I'm, I'm honored and, and humbled that you would ask um, me to do this. So thank you, Heather, for doing um, allowing me to come back. Um, and I'm not saying this, uh, listeners, because Heather has asked me. She has no idea what I'm about to say. But I think the first step is to go with Heather on the trip over to Israel. Mm-hmm. And I say that um, wholeheartedly. I mean, I don't know how else to endorse it, but that, that's the first place to start. I mean, I think if if you like these podcasts and you like what you're hearing, that's going to take you deeper and it's going to light a fire in you that's going to... Um, were the practical stuff will come after that. But, um, and if you can't, that's okay too. I mean, that, but if you can, please, please go with Heather and John um, to get over there to go. Cause I think that will, that's the first step, um, honestly. Um, and then I, I think after that is maybe starting with, with where you are and what you have. And if you're a youth leader, I would, continue to, to be fed by podcasts like this and um, don't give up on um, maybe feeling a little odd or out there because people look at you a little different of like, oh, I'm not quite sure what you're saying or your passion for discipleship in this way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, surround yourself with an insular community that's going to support you with that. But then I would say that the, the practical step after that would be to sit down with your leaders and your volunteers and, and really dig deeper with them on how they are passionate about following God. Mm. And then when you're, when you've got your finger on, on their pulse of, of how they love God in their unique ways, then to sit down and continue to, you know, cast a vision for what your hope is with, with your youth ministry and bring them along with that. And then, then match kids up, um, or allow them to choose to to be with those leaders, knowing that they're going to take those kids um, and guide them with the passions that they have for Christ. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Or is That's that... actually, as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking like, this is so good because usually nine times out of 10, when we're looking for leaders, we're looking for people who are like super passionate about the Bible and maybe in my own, um, immaturity or whatever you want to say, I've thought that that's the right thing to look for, but, but to look for people who are actually passionate about other things that could potentially cause a person to love God, uh, in in different ways, but, you know, not necessarily somebody who's going to be your, um, your best Bible teacher, but somebody who can help kids love God in other ways, man, like, let's do something like that. And that's what you're talking about, right? Is let's take that conversation and see what God does with it and see if God can make a ministry. Like I've, I've talked with other people who've created ministries, you know, where they created ministries where kids were mowing lawns and they were um, doing other odd jobs for other people around the church. And it just became this kind of in, or this, uh, I should say it became an organic ministry of discipleship because as we're working on this thing, we're talking about life. I was having a conversation just last week with Bill Allison, uh, the week before last, I should say, and um, I was sharing about how a student who I ran into a couple months ago, talking about her experience in my youth group said, you know, my favorite time was when I went to your house and we made spaghetti sauce together. And I'm like, you know, I love cooking. Right. And so, yeah. And so it's, it's like, it's, it's, that's what you're talking about. Right. Is it's really what we're looking to do. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I think I hear you saying is that really what we're looking to do with young people is not try to get them matched up with, you know, the greatest Bible teachers, but just regular people who will love them and who will be in relationship with them for Jesus. Right. right? And then, yeah, I mean, like you keep coming back to it and you keep saying it, and I think it, it's worth repeating over and over. It's about relationships. And so if you've got the opportunity or the platform to, to speak into somebody's life, um, uh, obviously that's where kids are going to listen. And so I think if you can match kids up with passions that they have with leaders that mm-hmm. have that same passion, that's going to give you the the platform to speak into their lives and do life with them because of those yeah. similar interests that they have. But it's like you said, all relational. Now I think like you're, and I don't think you're not saying this too. I mean, they need to love Jesus, obviously. I mean, For they, sure. a, they may not, you know, they may not understand or have, the the techniques that you know you have from seminary and in that type of thing but you know if they love god and they're they're pursuing them you know and then you're matching kids up with that then Mm -hmm. you know that that's going to be a win-win absolutely yeah so so essentially what you're saying is that a youth leader's first step would just be to sit down and have a conversation with your leadership about how you want to do more practical relational type of ministry you know brent i was having again i'm going back to my conversation with bill and a conversation sure. with Kara Powell as well, is that, you know, what they were finding at the Fuller Youth Institute is that a deprogramming strategy is actually more beneficial for youth leaders, where it's not so much that we focus on, well, we just need more programs to get more kids in the door. It's that we actually have less programs with more meaning and relational connection. Right. And, yep. you know, honestly, in the church world, that feels really scary to say, well, I'm going to cancel that program that I have, or I'm going to cancel that big outreach event that I always do every other month. Well, but again, is it creating lasting discipleship or is it just getting kids to the door? Because I think in our Western culture, we have become so enamored with large numbers that we feel like we are successful in youth ministry. If we get a hundred kids to show up at our outreach event, 
instead of looking at the um, temperature of our youth ministry and saying, but who's in relationship with adults here at the church and is growing in discipleship and is reproducing their faith. And we don't do that. We don't say, well, I've got three kids doing that. And we go, oh, three, that's a failure. But what is it? But are those three kids then going to go and multiply their faith and do it again and do it again and do it again? And then see, we were so focused in our Western culture Mm -hmm. on immediate results now. And obviously, you know, this, that results come, the best results come with time. And so, um, so then, so if a youth, youth leader is having conversation with their leadership, and I'm sure you did too, like with your school, and you probably got some pushback from people, you know, what, what might a person expect in these conversations with others to have from, from people who might not understand where they're coming from, what might be some challenges and things like that, that they might experience? Sure. Um, can I come back to one or come back to that in just a sec? Cause I think there's another sure. piece, like you said, where do you start? Um, one, I think when you find it, you were saying with uh, regards to the impact of only three, you know, like say, well, I mean, just look what 12 did. I mean, right. you know, and you're right. We're, we're stuck <laughs> with them. So maybe doing the big, um, the big flashy event is okay if that's to get them in the door, but to see so that they can see that they're, they're welcome and that the relationship is going on, but kids are going to talk if they feel safe and they feel like they're plugged in, they're going to let their friends know. And, um, but, um, the other piece I would say is real important would be, um, is youth, the youth leaders to, or youth pastors to really invest in their leaders and one thing I, I saw at Front Range was it was really, I assumed that they were all in relation, discipleship relationships, um, and they all weren't. And so in other words, let me back up. I mean, um, what I mean by that is like when I asked, I did a, a survey and said, how many of you are in a relationship like we're asking you to lead with students and almost 75% came back and said that they weren't. And I'm like, well, how, how can I expect the, the discipleship leaders to be leading the students if they're not being fed in and poured into? Mm-hmm. And so that that's another, I think, real important, just as it's important to match up the leaders with, with um, the youth, like we were talking about. But yeah. I think the other part is for the, the youth pastors to really be pouring into their leaders yeah. and and showing them where they can experience what it's like to have that. Because if, if they experience it, then they're going to turn around and replicate that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, to, I think building in continual time to cast your vision of what discipleship looks like, and then making sure that your leaders are being discipled so that they could turn around and then disciple. I think those are two really important areas mm-hmm. um, to get going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which again, hits on the rabbi disciple relationship right. is that, as youth pastors, we're not the guy or gal on the stage who is the the main point of each night, but we are the ones who are employing others to lead a small group of students to a relationship-centered discipleship with Jesus, with one another, right. and with him, and then going out yep. and 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 teaching others to do that, right? Like we are, I really believe this, I'm, and I'm you know, maybe I'm, um, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking ahead of the game here, but 
I really think that youth ministry is going to make a, a switch. It has, I think it has to, if it really wants to be focused on discipleship and youth pastors are not going to be the persons up in front anymore. They're going to be the persons with their people teaching others how to create little discipleship communities. And that's going to be the primary focus if they really want to grow in relationships. Uh, and youth ministry is going to look different, but it's going to be more fruitful right. in the long run. That's my opinion, but I'm going to get off my soapbox. So. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, and I apologize. I lost the, the second yeah. question. Yeah, that's Going okay. That so, was... you know, what, what were some challenges that you kind of faced as you were um, trying to implement this ministry as far as maybe the culture, you know, some pushes against uh, the culture? Um, the biggest challenge was at, at school were the upper administration initially. Um, and I could see that maybe, you know, within a church too, of, mm-hmm. of getting, um, your senior pastors or your, um, elders, or, you know, just getting them to, to see the vision, um, and yeah. to come alongside with it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to, you know, cause if, if you grow up within the church, then that, that should touch every aspect. And, and that takes a little time to, Mm-hmm. to turn the ship so so to speak and, sure. and that was um front range did a great job with it but it, it took a little while to get them on board and mm-hmm. and that's where again i would say man if you could get some of your key um uh, people at church to come on the trip too i mean sure. i know it's like oh yeah that's so everything. important yeah it is though i mean you know a couple key elders a couple key yes administrators and that makes a because when if if they get it, then you've got them, your, their support, and they're going to, they're going to bend over backwards to help you with that. Um, but yeah, that, yeah. So I, so I, right. I hope that you yeah. are able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then, you know, what makes a discipleship process like this, knowing that it's going to be hard work, it's going to be a cultural shift and a cultural change. People are going to kind of maybe push up against you because it goes against the norm. What makes it worth it? to do something like this? Well, oh, I may get in a little trouble here. I mean, I think <laughs> uh, not that what we're doing in our culture isn't right, but like, sure. I just think it's biblical. I, I don't, I don't like when people, when it started to take off at front range, people are like, well, this is awesome. I'm like, it's not, I mean, it's nothing I'm doing. It's just, I was able to kind of put it in our context, but this is all stuff that comes from the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I think that's, what's so rewarding is that when you, when you see how Christ intended it to be play out, then yeah, that's rewarding because it's, sure. it's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, yeah. and so that, and then, I mean, and you have it too. And with, with the students that you've relationship with when, when they get it and they mm-hmm. go graduate and you hear about how they're doing and mm-hmm. that they're following the Lord and that whatever, however it looks like for them, they're doing the same thing and that they've taken a couple under their wings and they're sure. trying to help somebody else walk that path with God. Then, you know, that's the reward right there. I mean, that mm-hmm. it's not about the program. It's about, like you said, the relationships at the end of the day of are the, are, are the ones that we've been entrusted with, um, are they following after Christ with all their heart and their soul yeah. and their might, you know, and you if so gosh, how that that's the reward right there. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. That's good. You know, so what I've heard you say today is wherever you are, just start, take the first step, talk to your leadership, talk to your youth team, figure out what they're passionate about and 
teach and train them how to go and create a group of young people that love that they could pour into and pour their love for Jesus into with the hopes that the that group of young people then will go and do the same. And maybe even you could get to a point where they your senior high leaders could start pouring into your junior high students and then your junior high students could start serving in the kids ministry and yeah. and and on it goes, right? We create yeah. a discipleship community where we serve one another in love and we grow in relationship with each other through God's word and our love for one another. So but this is these have been really grounding conversations and and fun ways for people to start thinking about how they could um, take their ministry to a deeper level of discipleship. So thanks again, Brent, for joining us on the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. And friends, if you do want to join us on that trip to Israel, which I guess now I'm going to have to like slip uh, Brent maybe $20 through Venmo or something like that. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I'm just playing. But, um, But definitely, if you want to go, Uh, get a hold of me. The great thing about our trip is that you can raise support for the trip because Walk the Story is a Christian nonprofit. And friends, if you want to go, God will make it happen. And uh, if you are in a position in your life where that is even slightly remotely possible, go now, make it happen because there's no better time than the present. And I'm telling you, Brent's right. It was when is in Israel when my life was changed. And I said to myself, man, I'm doing discipleship wrong and something's got to change. And so let that be uh, the potentially, it could potentially be the same thing that could happen for your life. So friends, thanks again for joining us for this episode and we'll catch you next time. Bye.